What is up, guys? Thank you so much for checking out this edition of the New Generation Hero Talk Podcast. I am your host, EJ Stewart. I'm really excited for today's show. We got a lot to talk about. Um, finally, we may be getting some clarity on what Warner Brothers' plans are for the Wonder Woman 1984 movie. As you guys know, if you listen to this podcast, we've been advocating for this movie to come out on a streaming service. It appears that there is a possibility that Warner Brothers is considering doing just that. We'll give you guys the details on how exactly that could work if they do go that route. Also, um, the, the Batman spinoff show that's coming to HBO Max lost its showrunner. Uh, Terrence Winder announced he's leaving, or he announces, according to reports, he's leaving that series. We'll give you guys the latest on that. And we got a lot of the stuff regarding some uh, some of the TV shows, the Green Lantern show. We got some new details and some new series that are being uh, developed as well, and we had a new Zack Snyder, Zack Snyder's Justice League trail to talk about. So, plenty of stuff packed in this show. I'm really excited to talk about all of it. Joining me are my co-hosts, starting with Shamari Stewart. Sham, what is up, man? Thank you for coming back this week, and what are you looking forward to talking about today? Hey, AJ, I'm glad to, glad to uh, of course, be doing a show with you guys. So, uh, yeah, we have a lot of interesting stuff to talk about today, a lot of DC stuff, uh, which is pretty exciting. Uh, this Wonder Woman uh, news is very exciting. Hopefully, hopefully very, hopefully very positive. Hopefully, fingers crossed. You know, very positive news. So that should be an interesting discussion. Um, and we have some interesting uh, things to talk about with regards to the Batman and, and the the spinoff that's that's going to be on. Uh, it's going to be on HBO Max. So, so yeah, should should be some good discussions for the show. Yeah, if you're uh, a fan of what. You know, DC plans for HBO Max are, and this is definitely the episode to watch. We're going to be talking plenty about that throughout the show. Kendall is back from his uh, his, his hiatus uh, to be yeah. on this week's uh, podcast. Good to have you back yeah. here, Kendall. Uh, what are you looking forward to talking about today? Yeah, glad to uh, glad to be back. Obviously, you know, uh, we're ramping up college football, so, you know, the schedule was a little tight last week, but... Mm. You know, was able to clear up due to due to uh, a, a, a lot of cancellations in the college football schedule postponements. You know, to clear up the schedule. People getting sick. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> to be back, I was able to be back this week. And yeah, I mean, first of all, am I the only one that I'm, I'm probably the only person on the planet when Shamari says the Batman? First thing that comes to mind is uh, the cartoon. Uh, you know, I think of the theme song and the the bat. Uh, the the bat signal thing that he would get on his phone, the bat beeper. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, so I got I got I got to train myself to think Robert Pattinson when I see that, um, or when I hear the Batman. But yeah, no, I'm excited. Uh, hopefully, I'm excited. Hopefully, you like that Batman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hope so. I mean that that's uh that, that that's a tough act to uh to follow. <laughs> so we'll see. But um. Yeah, I mean, one thing one thing that I thought was cool that I wanted to mention um, was uh, I, I watched an interview with John Ridley earlier today. Um, he happened to be on NBC uh, being interviewed, and they were actually interviewing him about his new. Um, he's got a, apparently he's got a new comic book series with DC that he's that he's that he's helming. It's called The Other History of DC, and it's about a bunch of. Uh, Bunch of different minority characters in, in the DC universe that Who, who's doing gotten the shine. Uh, John Ridley, yeah, I think, um, I, I, think uh, I heard director. Um, you know, this that and other, uh, and he, you know, so he talks in really in depth about like you know, Katana, Black Lightning, and Renee Montoya is a part of the series, and all these different characters 
um, you know, that uh, we haven't that we haven't really gotten full stories on yet, and or maybe we have gotten full stories, but you know, he felt we haven't gotten maybe their their full backstory. Uh, so it's it's uh, that'll be interesting to see how that that ends up progressing. Um, not something I knew about until I saw this uh, I saw this interview. So. Um, Shout out! This is on this is on Morning Joe, I believe, and so shout out to uh, John Ridley. Seems like it's a very interesting project. Also shows you the the growth of the the industry that we're not. You know, this wasn't like him promoting a, a comic book movie. This was him promoting a, a line of comic books. But you know, the characters now are so they used they used the Suicide Squad movie and Katana to 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 you know to phase into the interview, but it's still. Uh, <laughs> It was kind of random to me. I was like, Katana and Suicide Squad. That's, I mean, it's so old. Like, what are we, what are we talking about? But then it made sense when you watched the interview. Um, but it shows you that the industry now is still, it's still, uh, still alive. You know, whether it be in digital format, whether it be in, uh, whether it's just in television and in, in film form. You know, the comic book characters, these characters will live on for a long time. Yeah, no, exactly. They will. And um, shout out to John Ridley on that project. And I think as we see, you know, these characters have a long, long history and they got plenty more to offer. I think we see it, uh, especially in the comic book, you know, companies and how they try to reinvent these characters and all the different changes and the additions that we have. You know, of course, you know, Miles Morales you know, is going to be an uh, incredibly well-selling video game. Um, already, and that's a, a you know a very new character. That was something that was created just in the last decade. So, um, so we got we got a lot of growth still to come, and I think that these next uh, this actually this top story I think is going to tell us a lot about where superheroes kind of stand uh, even in this climate in the pandemic. So let's actually start it right there. Let's begin with Wonder Woman. So as I said at the top of the show. It sounds like there's a chance that Wonder Woman could actually end up making its way to HBO Max to be streamed after all. So uh, here's apparently the breakdown. So Warner Brothers is apparently trying to decide on what, where, how to move with Wonder Woman's release date now a little more than a month away, which is Christmas Day. Obviously, it's still a pandemic in the United States. It is in most, and not most, but in a lot of parts of the country, it is as bad as it's ever been. Um, and it doesn't appear like we're anywhere near getting the, 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 the situation under control prior to mass vaccinations. You know, that's not, you know, opinion, that's not political. That's just the facts of just where we are, um, as we stand today and just forecasting next month. It just sounds like this is pretty much the, the belly of the beast that we're going to be in similar to what happened. Well, when, when the pandemic first, uh, reached our shores in the spring. So with that being said, and then uh, there's not an anticipation that movie theaters in the United States are going to be more open than they've been in the past. And they may even be more closures. Uh, so it's, it's a tough situation and a tough decision that Warner Brothers has. And apparently putting the movie on the streaming service is one of the options they're considering. So if they were to do that option, what they would do is the movie would come out in theaters Um you know, China is a and China that Japanese market. They are still having theaters open, and that is a a huge market that you know will, will net them hundreds of millions of dollars if they you know go through with the release date. 
So the plan is, one, they could just do that and just put it out and put it out in the United States and just go on as if nothing has happened and, and that'd be that. Uh, but another option they're apparently considering as well is to go through with the Christmas Day release date, but then the week after that release date, in the first week of January, they could then put it on HBO Max for streaming. So that's an avenue that we have not heard about or just had been discussed prior to uh, late last week when it was uh, first announced that that was also being considered. And then, of course, the other you know thing they're considering as well, which is what they've been pretty much doing and every company has been doing, is they could always just push it back once again. Uh, they could punt it to next year. You could have, you know, your summer release back, especially considering, um, you know, the forecasts on the vaccine are really good. And me and Shmar talked about that a little bit last week and how, you know, stocks on movie theaters actually started to go up. And there's an idea, there's a hope that by next summer, you know, where where semblances of normalcy are, have returned through due to the successful vaccinations of millions of Americans. So, Kendall, you know, I'm going to give this to you first that you weren't on this podcast last week. Well, what do you make of this uh, dilemma and these decisions that Warner Brothers is reportedly considering? It's, um, it is quite the dilemma. You know, when you're talking about, obviously, the pandemic, you know, it, that's a whole other can of worms. And, you know, whether or not did, did the election have any impact on, on whether or not on the decision making at all. Um you know, I mean, I, with the incoming administration, you kind of feel like maybe this will be handled better, better uh, than it has been. <laughs> that's, all, that's all I'll say. And so maybe that maybe that is their uh, maybe that is you know a, a reason to maybe stay on course. I mean, not stay on course, but push it back. Uh, stay on course for it coming out in theaters, but. To me, I don't know. I mean, even in July, I know the vaccine stuff is is, is is real and there's a lot of excitement around it. But even in July, I don't know what the numbers are going to be for these types of movies. Like, there's going to be a hit. And is it worth losing the momentum that they've already lost? But they could easily gain it back if they released Wonder Woman on HBO Max. Not to mention, HBO Max is a is a streaming service that has sputtered a little bit. You know, it didn't have the the surge of subscriptions that Disney Plus had. That Disney Plus continues to get. So Marvel can kind of mess around, and Disney can mess around and say we don't really need to put Black Widow on Disney Plus because everyone that we would need to have Disney Plus already has it. So um, getting putting putting Black Widow on Disney Plus really the only reason, the only way it helps you is like that premiere access <laughs> that's why they put it on there because like we're not going to get any new subscriptions probably it's going to be mainly people that are just trying to buy the movie um so putting wonder woman on hbo max drives hbo max subscriptions which could be very key for them um as we look as a fan i mean let's be let's be honest we want we want this movie out as soon as possible um i'm not going to be nearly as engaged for a wonder woman movie in july that would be for a Wonder Woman movie now. Um, as a movie fan in general, they've talked about if they move it to July, then they'd have to move back to Space Jam, which I wouldn't be happy about. And, you know, I mean, I guess it's just probably like, who cares? But, I mean, this is, I mean, all these things, it's just collateral, man. And it's like, if you can avoid 
messing everything up for the sake of maybe losing, I don't know how much money they would lose. Again, I, this whole thing about saving the money, because that's what everybody talks about is we need to save the money. You can't lose hundreds of millions of dollars on these tentpole franchises. But you, you're probably going to lose that money anyway. Did the NBA say to themselves, well, if we create a bubble, we're gonna, it's going to cost us $200 million to make a bubble. Well, yeah, but you're also going to lose a billion anyway. You don't play. So, yes, you're going to lose you're going to lose money regardless. We're in a pandemic. But we're assuming that when the movie comes out that you're just going to the exact same money that you would have made before. And we don't know if that's the case. We in fact, I would argue this probably won't be the case. Now, again, Warner Brothers and Disney have better number of characters than me. I'm doing this off the top of my head. They've probably put hours of analytic work into their hundreds of thousands of dollars yeah technology yeah technology and algorithms salaries (laughs) (laughs) into them into into these into these decisions but from a from an outsider's point of view it seems like not as cut and dry a decision as people have made in terms of gotta just you gotta just bite the bullet and, and wait because i feel like there is still something to be said for like the 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 amount of cachet and the amount of equity that they would build with the with the with the uh, the constituency with the fan base with the consumer if you if you come out there and you release this movie now so I I would that that's where that's where my hat's in the ring but that's nothing that's nothing new same with Black Widow um, I would hope that if they did come out with Wonder Woman that maybe Disney and Marvel would kind of maybe have to look and say all right see what happens with this movie before we come out with ours. Maybe we move ours to Disney+. Plus. So, I don't know. This is interesting. My gut says that this won't happen. But mm. We'll see you, Sam. Uh, well, I mean, I think this is, a, this is a good development. You know, obviously, I mean, we've been talking about this uh, for many months, really since this pandemic started. We've been talking about this about them putting this movie, as, among others, on streaming services. I mean, I think this makes sense. I think this this move, uh, it would certainly make sense. So if they release it overseas and then just have it domestically uh, here in the U.S. be released, you know, at least on HBO Max, at least initially. Um, I mean, I, just, I think that's just because no one's going to see the movie if they release it around at around that time. The only people that would have gotten the vaccine are the very elderly and and those with very serious, uh, you know, very serious, uh, you know, conditions that would make them susceptible to the virus if they would have even gotten it by then. So. Uh, so, yeah, no one's going to go see the movie. It's going to be at its worst at that point. Um, so they would have to either move it back again, um, you know, or. Uh, release it online. And I think I do think it makes sense to release it online um, because, uh, in, in, I mean, like Kendall was saying, I mean, you're gonna lose money regardless, and even here in the U.S., it's gonna take time to 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 really make this um, the vaccine available to everyone. Um, so it's it's. Um, now again, like Kendall said, um, you know, I don't know if they're looking at the election results and saying, okay, would 
with new leadership, it'll be the product, the distribution will be better or something. I don't, I don't know what, what they, what, you know, they've seen, yeah. if they've seen anything that makes them feel more comfortable with just pushing the date back again. Um, I don't know if they have people that know people that know people that say, okay, I, this is what's going to happen. This is how this is going to go down. You know, I don't know. But, um, uh, but yeah, I mean, overall, I, I think it would just be a better, it would just be better for everyone, I think, to release it online. Everyone's kind of tired of waiting for this movie. Um, I mean, they can wait until next summer, but I mean, by then, I mean, there'll be anticipation for it. Um, I do think that on the on the other hand, I do think it would be a good. I think Wonder Woman would be a good movie. It would kind of, would be a good kind of post pandemic movie. If we're kind of coming out of the pandemic and people are opening yeah. up theaters again, and then Wonder Woman's out, yeah. But then you know you kind of wonder how many people took the vaccine. You know what's going to spread? How many people are going to die because they went to we wanted to go see Wonder Woman? You know, you know something you got to think about. So I don't know. It's 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 a lot. Of, it's a lot. There's a lot of stuff going on. But uh, yeah, you know, hopefully they can be so online. Yeah, I mean, look, I I I think first of all, I, I agree with Kendall that I think I feel like. I feel like this, they, they probably won't do the release online. I feel like the most likely option is a punt to next year because I think that, you know, they're still looking at that, you know, that potential of the massive earnings that they were expecting for this movie and they don't want to lose out on that. Um, I think they feel like whatever they would put on HBO Max just wouldn't give them anything close to those earnings, though it would make... It would create a lot of buzz and it would bring a lot of attention to the app and they would make some money off of it because it is their app. And I think there's the enticing thing of, you know, putting it in theater still and just hoping, hey, man, whatever we get in the box office, we'll take. Uh, I think with the pandemic just being as bad as it is, I don't I don't think that we'll see this come out on Christmas. That would really surprise me. Um, so I do think it really would come down to either the option of putting it out and then having it come out a week later on HBO Max or punting to next year and I, I still think that because of the again the, the increasing optimism about this vaccine and you know again when you listen to the health experts it sounds like they're saying they think by second third quarter next year a, a semblance of normalcy is possible it's not you know it's not definite it's not guaranteed obviously we don't you know nothing's guaranteed in this life in this world but that that's possible so if that's the case then I I, I do anticipate that they may look at that and say, oh, well, we can still earn, get massive earnings from this movie. And I think Shamari's right that there's going to be a motivation and uh, energy to be like, you know, all right, everybody's not, everybody won't be vaccinated. But, you know, a lot of people will be vaccinated and we're, the restrictions are lifted. Like, we got to do something fun. And what do we want to do? And I do think that Wonder Woman would make sense to be, uh, you know, given she's such a hopeful character and she inspires so many people. I think that she, that would make sense for a post-pandemic movie. And I think Warner Brothers see that. So I think that that's what's going to happen. Uh, I am encouraged that they are thinking outside the box regarding the HBO Max release. To me, that's uh, the way they should go. I will admit that I think, um, I feel like, I feel like they're at the point now where, you know, this HBO Max decision should have been made like months ago. Like to me, like, you're you're at you're in November now, and we're talking about again a vaccine being readily available. Hopefully, by April, let's say. So, like to me, what's another 
six months, to be honest. Like in my, it's not my money, but to me, like I'm thinking about, it, it's like, yo, if I, if I think a, a pretty secure bag is available in July, why would I put something out just because it hasn't been out already? It, now, I think that they made a mistake not putting it out earlier when there was clearly a situation where we weren't going to have movies uh, coming out. I thought they, they they missed an opportunity there, and I think they lost money that they could have earned back then, and maybe would, they would have been in a better position today had they had put it out then. But to me, just the timing of where they are now, it's weird to me that now, at the end of the year, they're not deciding, oh, maybe we actually should put it on an app. Like, to me, that's something that they should have did a long time ago. Yeah, I mean, I, I, mean, I, I think we're pretty much all in agreement here. You know, they, they definitely should have released this movie yeah. um, before. I think it would have been. And, to, and, and I think there's something to be said about 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 being consumer friendly. Yes. And being. For sure. And, you know, doing things for the fans. Yeah. Uh, that's one thing. I, that's one of the reasons I think Fandom was so successful. Yes. I was just thinking. About that was very much an event that was done for the fans. No greed involved. There was no greed involved. At least not that I could. It was. It, it wasn't some. Some. You know. Just all. It wasn't like. Uh, and no offense to the cons. I thought they did a good job for. For. for you know what they were dealt. The hand right. they were dealt. Right. But I mean, they're cons. They're live action events. DC and Warner Brothers. They're a massive. Uh, company. Yeah. Um. And you know, massive. You know, media entertainment company. Yeah. So. They had the, the infrastructure, the resources to put something special together, and they did so for the fans. They didn't have to, but they yeah. did. And they didn't make a, a boatload of money off of Fandom, but it was a great fan event. It generated a lot of buzz. It put a lot of eyes towards their properties. Yeah. And, and and you know, sometimes it's like, okay, you, you want to just push back, push back, push back. And it's like, I think there's also right. a stigma on going straight to streaming or straight to DVD mm-hmm. that I think... It's, I don't even know if it's a fan thing. I think it's some of it is for the fans. You see it with Black Widow 100%. People are already saying, oh, of course, the first female movie in Marvel gets pushed to Disney. People want to push to Disney Plus, blah, yada, yada. But, like, we got to get rid of the stigma that if if these movies, because of a pandemic, get pushed to streaming, that, it, that means they're any less than a normal movie. That's not the case. Yeah. We're in a pandemic. I, it, it, I, this, I'd be saying the same thing if this were Captain America. Yeah. I, I could care less about what character we're talking about, and I think it's also, but even beyond the fans, I think it's, an, I think it's an actor and a, and, a, and a director thing as well. I think we saw it with, with Patty Jenkins how staunch she was about this has to come out in theaters. Mm-hmm. We saw it with Christopher Nolan and Tenet. They want the theatrical experience. These movies are made for movie theaters right. primarily. So, and I. It's just a dangerous mindset right now. You know, I, in a normal sense, I totally get it. I get their frustration. Um, but right now, beggars can't be choosers. You know, we can't be too picky about the experience right now. Um, I mean, we just not see the movie. I mean, that's the, that's the other alternative. Just, just don't see the movie. And right now, that's where we're at. The movie's just not going to come out. And again, well, right now, right now, the movie is slated to come out. I think the problem is... is well, yeah, I, it's I, not going to come out. Like, right, right, but, yeah. You know, in the current the current climate, like that's your other solution. If you're not going to release it, it's just wait. Just continue to wait till yeah. we can finally get people. It's another new mutants to to see the movie. Yeah, and then you're going to be in a new mutant situation. 
And we saw what happened with New Mutants. Obviously, New Mutants released during a pandemic, so the numbers are a little skewed. But even if New Mutants had come out in a normal sense, it would the, its box office already got eroded by being two or three years old. And I just, I don't know if these, even Wonder Woman and Black Widow, as big as those movies should be, I don't know if they can survive that. I think the the, the hype, people are already going to start thinking about, so what's what's happening with the X-Men? Oh, Black <laughs> Widow's coming right. out, but what's happening with the X-Men? What's happening with Fantastic Four? I mean, as sad as it is, they missed their boat, man. And they still have time to make it up, but they got to start to, they got to, the clock's got to start, uh, got to start soon. Yep, it's got it's got to start soon, and I do think you know one last thing is I know right now the plan is to do a movie release and then a week you know later on HBO Max. I mean, I I, I want to know a little more details about that because to me, when we do talk about you know fan experience, you know I, I don't want to be a fan that has to be you know off the internet for a whole week. I hope I don't get any kind of spoilers um, to see this movie. You know, I, I that's the one thing that you know while I'm happy that that there is some avenue to have it come out on you know a streaming service and, and, and not have to wait months and months See, and months I, after the movie release. Sorry, were you going to say that? I, I was going to say, I, and I agree with that. Um, I don't know how many people are going to see it, so I, I, would, I wouldn't be, like, so scared to be on the internet. But I thought but, you were going to say, like, what what good does that make you? It, it makes you money, but doesn't that put, like, people at risk? Like, yeah, it, people going to movie theaters in general, if you can avoid it? Yeah, it puts a incentive out there for people to take a risk if you want to be the first to see take it. A risk just tell yeah. them to buy HBO Max if they really want to see the movie. Yeah, that was yeah, that was yeah that that to me is kind of, it's kind of corny. I'm gonna be honest. Yeah. Like, all right. It's like so yeah. we can make a buck. It's like you're you're releasing the movie next week. Why can't you just release it now? <laughs> right, right. This is all a scheme to keep the relationships with the movie theaters. Tell the movie theaters it's a pandemic. Yes, <laughs> times has changed. <laughs> Again, the, these movie theaters the, at the rate we're going are going to be closed by the time Christmas hits. So I don't know if this is a viable. It, look, to, look. Anytime we talk about you know what thing, how things used to be, you know, Ken was talking about you know the problem with Black Canary, uh, Black uh, Widow, and the stigma of straight to digital, and you know the theaters feeling like you know look, like, man, they deserve a thing. You, remember, it, you guys it, remember even more than me the days of The Lion King one and a half and Aladdin two. Coming out on DVD, and and I get all that, but as Kendall said, there's a pandemic, and to quote uh, the great Slim Charles from uh, The Wire, the thing about the old days is they the old days. These these are the new times, and we can't be putting expectations and um, impressions on how we move in this climate on anything that happened pre COVID nineteen. It's just unacceptable. It's just not. Uh, it doesn't make any sense, and I don't think that we should be moving in that way, considering things are just so different right now. Uh, we'll have more Wonder Woman content later in the show. That's a tease for you uh, in regards to what we may see, be seeing on television. But I do want to stay with television in D.C. and uh, bring you some news that we actually got today. So former uh, Boardwalk Empire creator, um, well, not former, he did create the show, uh, Terrence Winter, is uh, leaving Matt Reeves' TV spinoff for The Batman, according to The Hollywood Reporter, who I think first got this exclusive. Winter's vision for the series centered around the Gotham City Police Department reportedly clashed with what Reeves and Warner Brothers uh, had in mind, and a search is already underway to find a new showrunner. So, Sham, I know we were excited about the idea of someone like Winter with his Boardwalk Empire past 
uh, working on a series on Gotham City. Uh, are you surprised that he's now no longer in the fold for this show? Um, I am. Uh, I don't really know what to make of this. I'm hoping it's not bad news. Whenever there's all these kinds of shakeups, you always kind of, you always kind of, like, oh boy, you know, like, okay, so so what happened? So because these are because Matt Reeves is very talented. This, uh, this gentleman is very talented as well. So it makes you wonder. Okay, so what? So what was the problem? You know, so you know, at some point they had meetings. They discussed what their visions were. Did something change? Um, so. I mean, so it's a, a it's a minor concern, but I was at this point, I would say it's still minor. I I have the utmost faith in Matt Reeves. If he if now if this if he were cycling through people, if this was the second or third person that that had that started working on this project and then left, then I'd be like, okay, so something's going on. So there's something controversial about this, or Matt Reeves is is. Um, is uh, to, you know, unfortunately, to use Star Wars references, kind of being like a Kathleen Kennedy here. He's just kind of just saying, okay, if you don't, it's my way or the highway. If you have any dissenting thoughts or voices or, or, or ideas, you know, you can hit the road, kind of thing. It's, and I mean, that's not necessarily uh, it's not necessarily the best thing. So, um, so yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't really know what to make of this. Hopefully, I mean, it's not good. He's he's a very talented uh, guy, so it's not good that he's he is leaving the project. Um, but again, I, I, I believe in this universe. I haven't even, I haven't seen any actual content from this universe yet, but I believe, I believe in the people behind the universe and I'm hopeful that, you know, this will resolve itself and we'll get someone, um, just as talented, if not more talented to, to jump in and, and uh, continue working on the project. What do you say, Kendall? Yeah. Um, I think I'm not hitting the panic button. When it comes to this, is it, I mean, look, it's never good to hear about creative differences. Um, you know, typically creative differences uh, aren't the best, but Marvel's had some deal some dealings recently with creative differences. Uh, we talk about Scott Derrickson, obviously being involved in Doctor yeah. Strange, Multiverse of Madness, and we have we have yet to see how that movie plays out. Um, we we kind of have an idea what it might be about, but. Um, and we, we, you know, Shamari did a good job piecing together what uh, may have happened there with Scott Derrickson. But, um, you know, we, we, but that movie, we're still excited about it. Um, obviously, Ant-Man is the most famous one. Uh, one of the one of the more famous ones in the history of, uh, in the modern history of, you know, of these types of action movies. <laughs> we talk about the pretty much the only Marvel Studios director before Derrickson to leave a project. Uh, obviously leaving Ant-Man and being replaced by Peyton Reed. And he, obviously that movie ends up being what it was, which is a very, very solid movie. Not spectacular, but um, certainly a, a win for Marvel. So it doesn't mean that this is going to be bad. Um, you know, I always have questions about a, a show like this where it had an initial an initial vision now the vision may not be met, but but Matt Reeves is involved, like Shamari mentioned. And when Matt Reeves is involved, overall the show will probably still feel like Batman, because I mean he's crafting the entire universe. So this guy Terrence Winter is coming; he's an outsider. He's not a producer on the on the Batman movie, as far as I know. So, 
um, it makes sense. Uh, I mean, it's still unfortunate. Uh, I'm not a Boardwalk Empire guy, so I can't really speak to uh, uh, losing uh, losing Mr. Winter, but it's still uh, still excited for the show. I I wasn't super excited for the show in general because um, I mentioned we already had Gotham, but uh, this doesn't hurt the show, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, I, I I will look. We've given you know Reeves and and the work in the Batman a lot of praise. Um, Oh, we've liked a lot of what we've heard and some of the little we saw and some of the things I'm hearing. Again, I've, I've, I've you know, gave you guys some scoops that I'm hearing behind the scenes and all of them have been right, I think, everything I've said. So, uh, so look, we, we, we've, we've given them their flowers, but I'm going to be a little critical here. I feel like, look, this was a series that, remember, it was, it was ordered straight to series back in July. This wasn't a show where, you know, they saw a pilot or saw anything and then decide, okay, we're going to move forward with this. I mean, they, HBO and, and um, Warner Brothers and DC, they move forward with this, I, this idea and this vision based solely on the vision. Not anyone being cast, not anyone, uh, not even seeing the Batman movie as a finished product, not any reviews of the Batman movie. I mean, this was really a pure leap of faith, purely on vision. So then when I come here and I see a talented showrunner leave because the vision doesn't seem to be all there, at least for him, I at least have concerns. I'm not saying that this show still can't be great. I can't, I'm not saying that the Batman still won't be great, but I think that that should raise eyebrows to everybody. I mean, this was a show that was, that was, again, was, was, was ordered purely for the vision. And according to somebody involved in this project, the vision didn't, didn't work. It didn't make sense for what they were trying to do. And the, and because of that, someone is now out of a job. And that's not a good sign. I can't. You know, I don't think there's any way to really sugarcoat that. I, the one, you know, the one of the saving graces, obviously, that you know, as Shamari said, Matt Reeves is he's the one doing the Batman. He's the one creating the Batman universe. So, at the end of the day, it's gonna kind of ride or die with him. So, if he's still gonna be intimately involved, then I have hope, and I and I and I and overall, I do think this will end up being okay. But I, I don't think this was good news to me. This was not good news. You know, you, you can't have a show that's um, that you, the whole idea of it and the and the push behind it is purely on just an idea of what it could be and not having seen anything except for whatever Matt Reeves had shot for the Batman, which we know at the time when they <laughs> ordered this series was very little. Um, we need to see more. We need to know more. So I, I don't this this was uh this was not great news in my opinion. I'm curious who they will have. I hope. Um, they're able to get someone, you know, of high caliber. And to me, you know, if I'm Matt Reeves, you know, I would hope there's maybe someone that's more in the fold in the movie he's making now that maybe could be the showrunner for this show. Maybe it's a producer. Maybe it's someone, you know, one of the things that I did think was always a little unorthodox was bringing somebody completely outside of anything he's doing with the Batman to lead the show that's supposed to be within his universe and his vision. You know, maybe it would make more sense to have one of his producers, one of the people that are working on that series should be that movie be on this uh be the showrunner for this show but of course you guys someone who has showrunner either experience or has the ability to be a showrunner and that's not there's a small number of people in the world who can probably helm a project this big so yeah i wasn't too thrilled to see this but i'm not gonna i'm not freaking out at the same time yeah i mean ultimately i think um the momentum for the show will be we'll we'll know 
how we should feel about this show when the movie comes out. If the movie is great, I agree. then the excitement for the show will be very palpable. If the movie is mediocre, then the show is dead on arrival. So doesn't mean the show can't be good, but from an energy standpoint, from an excitement standpoint, good luck. Okay, I was going to say, I wouldn't necessarily say it's yeah. dead on arrival. <laughs> That's a bit much. No way it can be good. No, I mean, yeah, it, it can still be good because it's not it's not the same concept. But it, uh, but in terms of drumming up excitement for it, yeah, the excitement is gonna be gonna be reduced significantly. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm uh... like imagine if there was a decent imagine if there was a Dark Knight, like a show connected to the Dark Knight versus like a show connected to <laughs> Batman v Superman. Like, right. the, like the excitement would be like it's different. You'll still have just like for this movie, like this movie will have its, you know, its uh, you know, its thirty three percenters that are like, you know, they're all in regardless of how good the movie is. You know, the thirty three percent of the population that'll sure. that'll just die, ride or die for anything. Um, but <laughs> but it's not gonna have the majority. You know, just like right. Batman yes. Superman has its thirty three percenters. You know, I don't know if that you know the Dark Knight has has, has two thirds of the population. So. That should be uh that'll be interesting to see where this movie falls. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it should be interesting. Let's move on now to uh, another uh, TV project that's going to be happening on HBO Max. This is the the Green Lantern series that is uh being developed and uh, and produced by uh, Jeff Johns. The direct uh, has learned some information that I think is is uh, is of note and we should uh, definitely discuss here. So apparently. The series right now is being developed for mature audiences, and this so this will be a TVMA rating. Apparently, this is likely going to be due to the pro family, profanity, and the uh, and the violence that will take place during the show. What we're also learning is the Dominators, the alien race that we actually saw take part in one of the very early crossovers on the CW. They are slated right now to be the villains for this series so sham what do you make of either those two bits of information one the series being slated for mature audiences and two the uh the dominators uh taking the 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 center stage here as the villains for this series um so i think the the show being intended for mature audiences is interesting i don't really know what to make of that yet um when i think of green lantern any of the Green Lanterns, I, I do not think mature. Um, you know, in terms of, uh, you know, in, in, ter- in any respect, whether it be the language, through violence, through, uh, you know, really anything. I mean, you can make anything absurdly violent or really gory if you, if you, you know, think hard enough, if you're creative enough. But I don't, I don't really, it's, it's, Green, it's not necessary at all for Green Lantern. Green Lantern doesn't use a sword. He doesn't use a gun. You know, I mean, he can make those things. He can make a buzzsaw yeah. or whatever, but he I mean, he can also make a boxing glove. Yeah, you know, like <laughs> I mean, he doesn't have to be that violent. He, yeah. he, he's definitely a character where you definitely don't have to be mature, and I don't think right. that necessarily adds a whole lot right. on its own. If I were right. going to see a Green Lantern movie and they said, "Oh, it's rated R," I'd be like, honestly, I'd be like, "Why? Yeah, why is that rated R? Yeah. Why do you want to make that rated R?" You know, right. so I don't know what to make of it. It could be good. It could be great. I don't, it could be fantastic. <laughs> right. It could be very mature. It could have very mature tones and be very adult and, and deep and, 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 and interesting. Yeah. But it's not it's not like Daredevil where it's like, oh, yeah, this is going to be, you know, it's like Green Lantern. Right. None of the Green Lanterns have a story that dark. 
right, the point where right, I'm like, right, yeah, right. this is going to benefit from this. Right. So, yeah, I don't even know what to make of that yet. Hopefully it's good. I tend to like things that are dark generally, but it's not super exciting. Um, and with regards to uh, the Dominators... Uh, We're big fans of the Dominators <laughs> on the podcast. Are we really big fans? Yeah, I got to go back to the archive. Wow. Find the archive. <laughs> Wow, man. Into, uh, I guess we're big fans of the Dominators. Asian review. I guess we're fans of the Dominators and New Generation podcast. Um, I, I mean, I don't know. I don't really know what to make it. It's not something that. Hopefully, <laughs> it's not Berlanti Helm. <laughs> I'm not particularly looking forward to the Dominators being the. I, I, uh, part of me, honestly, I don't really believe that they're going to be the, the main. The, why? As far as like Cap. Where's Sinestra? <laughs> Where's Atrocitus? You know, I mean, you're telling me the the geez, what are those guys? The big, the big-headed, you know, little little guys. Not the Watchers. I mean, uh, whatever. That, that's, that's yeah, the Council. Them. I forget. Oh, yeah, the Council. Yeah, the Council of Lantern. Whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Council. Yeah, yeah. The, the guys on the. So old. those guys you're scared of the Dominators? Yeah. They're sending all the Lanterns to go fight the Dominators. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, now, yeah. I mean, look, it's possible. Yeah. I mean, they can they can create a good story. They you can you get a good writer. You can write a good I mean, story. Shamar, you like the Ninja Turtles. You like you like the Krang. Well, I mean, with the Green Lanterns <laughs> are the Ninja Turtles now. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, come on. So, I mean, yeah, it's the Dominator. <laughs> and I don't want to see the Krang on HBO Max. So I'm doing that with his also. So yeah, I'm concerned about. Uh, yeah, I'm a little concerned about the whole Dominators thing. I don't believe that they're that they're the primary main villain. Maybe season one, even I'll give you the season one. Right, right, right. Sure, the, the whole show. No, I don't. I don't believe it. Um, you can make a good arc, but a good a good whole series. Yeah, uh, my doubts. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> uh, oh, no, I was just gonna say, uh, yeah, the Dominators. On that note. You know, not super thrilled about that, to be honest. That doesn't really excite me all that much. Um, they're a little obscure. Uh, you know, I feel like actually a lot more people know about the Dominators because of what we got to see on uh, the Arrowverse crossover invasion that took place, you know, maybe about four or five years ago. Uh, maybe it wasn't that long. I don't know. It's been a long time doing this podcast. Uh, you know, it's just not something that's all that exciting. You know, I think that I feel like what I would like to see is maybe the Dominators are kind of like, um, they may be being led by someone else, so maybe they're like the Chitari for Loki, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I would hope that yeah. there would be maybe someone who's pulling the strings that then just the Dominators being the actual villains. You know, that's that's not as uh, exciting at all. Um, and I'll be honest, yeah, I think this is kind of twofold with two things I'm not really all that thrilled about. I, I don't, this show to me doesn't need to be for mature audiences. Uh, the Green Lantern is not a mature character. Um, I, I don't particularly need to see the Green Lantern doing anything super edgy and violent and unnecessary. In fact, I feel like that's kind of not... Like, to me, that's kind of not what the Green Lantern does. That's kind of the point of the Green Lantern, because there are other Lanterns who will cross lines and do things more aggressive right. and more violent and, and, <laughs> exactly. and more kind of uh, lethal. Oh, so... Now, if you're telling me, oh, well, the people that are fighting are using those kind of methods, uh, then maybe it's a little different. But even then, I still wonder if, if that's super necessary. Um, I'm not, I'm fine with, you know, maybe, now if you're telling me, oh, it's not really the violence, more profanity, that I'm a little okay with. Okay, fine. You know, yeah, Guy Gardner probably should be cursing yeah. up a storm. You know, that makes a, little, <laughs> makes a little more sense. You know, Kilowog should be dropping a couple F bombs. I could, I could see that. But, um, 
the 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 violence aspect of it that that was a little surprising when I saw that I, don't, I didn't quite um I didn't quite understand that so yeah I'm not I'm not sure how I feel about either of these two bits of news um I, I'm hoping that you know some of it is kind of misdirect maybe some of it is, is, is things that we don't quite know about or like I said the situation with the dominators maybe it's like you know preliminary information and we'll learn more that there's someone behind the dominators that are pushing forward this uh this invasion or whatever they're they're taking part in in this show but um until we know that you know right now i guess i kind of have to have uh, a wait and see approach for this series any last thoughts on this kendall yeah so um in terms of the in terms of the, the 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 reading obviously we all remember that initial titans trailer where robin's all like f batman that's, yeah. that's exactly really the the the, the the trailer that killed the dc universe app yeah i know ej will make that case you know like and that is you do get a little bit of flashbacks to that where it's like we knew back then we teen titans is gonna be robin's gonna be dropping f-bombs all, all the time <laughs> what this is this is the teen titans <laughs> and so you know, you kid, you can't, you know, kids going to turn on Green Lantern, and you know they're dropping f bombs and slicing heads. That's definitely going to be a little jarring. <laughs> what I'll say from a story perspective, I think that this has potential, because if you told me that this was one Green Lantern, or if you told me this was Hal Jordan, you told me this was uh, John Stewart, this is Kyle Rayner, or somebody. You can maybe sell me on this being really bad news. Because I'd be like, yeah, this is unnecessary. He's a superhero. He doesn't need to be... He's not, you know, he's not Deadpool. He's not Punisher. Like, I don't need to feel that. But when you're talking about incorporating a bunch of different Green Lanterns from different timelines, different time periods, it feels like... Because that was the one thing that I think I heard was that, like... Alan Scott is going to be like his story is going to take place in like the forties, but like Guy Gardner's t- story is going to take place in like the eighties or something like that. Like they're going to be like jumping through time or something like that, which makes more sense now why they're having multiple lanterns. But if but if they want to, if they really want to show the difference between these different lanterns, you have a you know if they don't want all of them to be the same using the same weapons, using the same this and that. You know, maybe you have someone like Guy Gardner, like he does use guns as like his as his one of his primary lantern weapons versus another guy, you know, or maybe, you know versus maybe Simon Baz is it just is isn't using guns, you know, isn't using lethal weapons. You know, like it if you want to show that difference, or maybe they these they have different temperaments in how they operate as lanterns, like EJ mentioned with Guy Gardner, obviously. You know, I think that, that that could be important for the show because that is going to be a challenge for them is having all these characters that have the exact same power and making them different. Um, the key is going to be in the creativity in that power, which there's ton of, there's a ton of creativity uh, possible with the Green Lantern. So I think it has upside. I'm wait and see because I agree that this could also go way too edgy, way too poor. Um, they need to really... They needed to really toe the line. Uh, in terms of the Dominators, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not excited about the Dominators. I think that goes without saying. Um, this feels like you know a, they needed to beat him up. Easy villain to make. Easy villain to beat up. 
the CW and DC, they they do they've done this before. They always do it. This is a very Doom bots like villain. <laughs> you know, if you're a Marvel fan, you know what that means. This is a very you know Ultron, Brainiac, minion type of villain, and it's it, it's not it's not super exciting. But like Shamari mentioned, I, I, this isn't a long term thing. The the Dominators are a means to an end. And yeah, definitely. It, so I wouldn't panic. They're actually probably a fine season one villain. Um, but you got to get past season one. I think season <laughs> that's the fear is because like season one of Arrow had a great villain in Malcolm Merlin. Season one of Flash had a great villain in Thawne. Season one of Star Girl had a great villain in Icicle, and the in the in the ISA. These shows that have great that have great starts have great villains typically. Now, show Supergirl didn't, and it last. It lasted. I mean, who's the villain season one? I forgot the guy's name. Mon, whatever his name is, I forget his name. Yeah, that's, that shows you. You don't need a great villain to start out. But I mean, why do you want to look at? Bother looking. At yeah, exactly. Uncle, Uncle, uh, something, whatever, yeah, whatever his name, Matt, and something, Matt, and man, a mon, yeah, yeah, yeah. drunk uncle. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Call him the drunk uncle. Drunk, pony uncle. <laughs> um. That's the example of a show that really, you know, kind of stumbled out of the blocks a little bit from a villain perspective. You don't want to do that because you can. And we saw Supergirl had a massive dip in ratings after season one. Why well, that had to do with the channel, but also they didn't, they didn't keep anybody. Right. So you want to you want to have a great start. It's very possible to have a great start because we've seen it with a lot of Berlanti shows, but um, and Jeff Johns now most recently with Stargirl, but. I don't know. It'll be interesting. I'm not. You don't want to panic, but uh, I think these are interesting nuggets, nonetheless. Yeah. By the way, uh, Nan was the villain. Yeah, called yeah. Mon. I was like, wasn't he Mon? <laughs> yeah. And we, when we talked about the council earlier, we were talking about the Guardians of the Universe for the Guardians. Green yeah. 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 Sorry. Do you want to yeah. give a shout out to the Green Lantern fans? They probably like these idiots don't even know the Guardians. So, you know, yeah. two, up two in uh, Star Wars. Yeah, we're in Star Wars and Mandalorians. Uh, <laughs> Um, so shout out, uh, so shout out to you know Johns and everybody working on the show. Hopefully things work out. I'll be honest, the information. Look, man, oh, I want to see a lot of uh, scenes with the lanterns on Coruscant. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the information we saw today, uh, it, it wasn't it wasn't it for us. You know, I'm hoping we get some more uh, better details on this show uh, moving forward. Um, let's uh, talk about uh, another show. That apparently is in development. We learned this week that this is being developed by Greg Berlanti and CW. Uh, Wonder Girl apparently is going to be coming to the series. This will be the first uh, TV show that will uh, feature a, uh, a Latina superhero. So this, uh, of course, is Yara Flora, Flor, who is a uh, Latin Latina dreamer who was born of an Amazonian warrior and a Brazilian river god. And she uh, becomes a uh, Wonder Girl and is uh, forced to fight the forces of evil with her newfound power. Kendall, I mean, this was uh, not something that we were expecting. This character, Yara Floor, is actually very, very new. In fact, she she's actually set to make her debut in the comics soon, but that hasn't actually even happened yet. So uh, what do you think of uh, this series, Wonder Girl? Um, <laughs> it's funny. I don't know what the CW really. They're kind of spinning their wheels a little bit. Um, 
you know, and we'll talk more about what the CW is doing, you know, more bizarre moves later in the show. But, <laughs> but this is fine, I guess. You know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna uh, complain. Uh, I'll give it a chance. Um, I feel like this is a show that probably should kind of stay away from the rest of the show. This should probably be like Star Girl, where it's not connected really to the rest of everything else. Um, keep you, it want, you want to see Cisco Ramon? Yeah. <laughs> Making an appearance. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I just don't want to see anybody from the rest of these shows. It just needs to be, it, it needs to be on an island, no pun intended. Because uh, we just, I'm tired of the cross. I'm not. I don't say I'm tired of the crossover, but it just the the universe is getting a little big right now, and adding. You don't want to see the next two big, three shows. Next big CW crossover. It's just it's it, adding two or three shows seems excessive. We already got a new Batwoman. And now we're getting another new show. We just got rid of Supergirl. We were bringing in Superman and Lois. The numbers don't add up. I feel like there may be some more shows on the chopping block. I know, Shamar, your Guardi, your uh, your your Green Arrow and Canaries. What's the future of that? <laughs> Man, that's got to be a wrap. At this point. Oh yeah, no. yeah. It's got to uh, be a wrap. Yeah, no, that show's done. Uh, but I gotta start a petition. Yeah, no, yeah, Shamar. <laughs> Yeah. Release the Arrow and Canaries cut. Release the Guggenheim cut. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is this. I, I mean, I'm, I'm thumbs up, I guess, but it's just bizarre. But bizarre times at the CW. At the CW. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. Um, I mean, I think it's a very good idea. I've been saying for for a long time that, and, and I mean, I feel like I, at this point, I feel like I say it every week now. You know, make more minority characters. Yeah. Create yeah. new minority characters. Yeah. And and they're doing it. Now, yeah. we've had other Wonder Girls before. Yeah, this isn't Donna Troy. You no, know, it's not it was not Donna Troy, but it's an original story. Yeah. It's an original origin story that makes sense. It's not just pulled out of nowhere. We're just like, what is this? You're just making this. A, yeah. It's an actual story that is believable, uh, you know, in the realm of superheroes. And it makes sense. Uh, so I think it's a I think it's a good idea. I'm looking forward to it. You know, it's it's always good to add a little bit of color, a little bit of of you know, um, add a little bit of culture to the uh, to what we see on on TV with regards to these superheroes, especially the main characters of these superheroes. Um, so yeah, I mean I I mean I'm I'm looking forward to it. I'm I'm definitely gonna check it out. Yeah, I mean. I, well, first of all, I totally, uh, I totally co-sign Shamari's sentiments that this is the way to bring about diversity. You know, you, it's creating new characters, creating new canon. You know, I am all for more black heroes, more Latina heroes, more LGBTQ heroes. We need that. We need that representation. Um, you know, when it comes to the changing of the race and changing of the orientation, you know, that's where I think it comes a case-by-case basis for what makes sense and what doesn't. But this is what we need, because at the end of the day, um, that's to me is real diversity, not just saying we're going to just make this person who's been white this whole time black just because we need more black people or whatever. So I, I agree with that sentiment. So the idea of there being a Wonder Girl who is Latina, totally 100% for that aspect. Um, in terms of making this a series on the CW, I mean, I, I think Kendall kind of has, he's on something. When he says it does feel kind of like CW is spinning their wheels. Um this to me feels like a series that would have been perfect for like a DC Universe app to me. Um, 
putting this on the CW, given the shows they have, I guess this would... I don't know what this replaces, because, I mean, I, I was kind of under the impression that Superman and Lois replaced Supergirl. So where does... And I'm not saying you only need to replace a female show for a female show, but I'm just saying, I mean, any show. I mean, is Legends done, I guess? Maybe that's where this may, may come in? I don't know. I... I, I I guess that's probably where I'm kind of stuck. Where you know, this is a, a network that has definitely you know hitched this wagon to the Berlanti superhero, uh, you know, you know, train that it's on right now. And I think I'd like to know where this show lies in with the rest of its portfolio. You know, they're running Swamp Thing. I mean, is that going to come back? Like, there seems to be, and to be honest, to be fair to them, there is you know obviously a pandemic going on, and so there's Stargirl. already a lot of uncertainty in Star Girl. Yeah, Stargirl is on the network now. We know that that's going to be happening and moving forward. And uh, super happy to see Stargirl getting that shine. I hope it doesn't get you know changed or become CW-ified uh, once it gets onto the channel. Hopefully it stays true to what it's been. But yeah, I, I guess I'm kind of curious about where they're, um, where they're sitting with this. You know, it's, it's hard for me to have really a, a, a great say in what I think of this character because we just know so little. I mean, again, this is a character who has not been introduced. She's supposed to be introduced as uh, a, a new Wonder Woman in the comic books, and we don't know really anything about her. That Those comics don't come out until January and February. I would assume that they've seen enough or have storyboarded enough over at DC where they could pitch this, and CW uh, uh, executives liked it, and Berlanti and, and Guggenheim uh, liked it, but... I guess that's where I'm at is, you know, where does this all lie in regards to what you guys are creating? What exactly is your portfolio moving forward? You know, maybe is this the replacement for Flash? You know, again, Flash, I don't know, I don't know how many more seasons that's going to have. So it, it, it feels like CWs needs to be in transition and perhaps this is their way of moving in that direction. But right now, as I Kendall said earlier, I do feel like spinning its wheels is definitely the accurate way to portray what's happening over there look they are beating they, look they are beating marvel to the punch like in terms of marvel wanted to do something with you know the american chavez character that we talked about a couple weeks ago on this show like they've well they've now beaten them to the punch again mm. uh with this kind of character you know we talked about it with um you know dc beating uh beating them with static shock um they beat them know, with wonder woman beat them with wonder woman so you know, it'll be it'll be interesting uh, to see Marvel kind of. You know, you know, we we have a lot of good things to say about Marvel. But they're a little slow when it comes to that. So I mean, <laughs> Black Panther obviously was <laughs> was fine, but <laughs> but uh, you know, so I, I won't give them too much flack. But you know, they gotta they gotta they gotta speed up the process a little bit. And also, I want to make sure we shout out Dylene Rodriguez because she's supposed to be the uh, showrunner for uh, this uh, the series. She's a uh, you know. You know, the daughter of Cuban immigrants. So obviously, that's more representation. We don't have a lot of female showrunners and directors. We don't have a lot of female, oh, excuse me, Latina showrunners and directors. So you know that, of course, also very important in regards to how we move forward with you know movie production and film production. So I I I think that that's uh you know a big deal as well. Um, but yeah, staying with CW, another uh, kind of surprising surprising move to me and i'm curious what you guys make of this so we learned uh via deadline that uh, the cw is also working on and this kind of goes back to our point about you know what's the direction of cw 
Uh, they're working on a, a spinoff series from Black Lightning that would feature the character. No, no, it's not going to feature Static Shock Kendall, but it actually will feature the character Painkiller. So if you guys have been following Black Lightning, the Khalil Pain character who had, uh, you know, been, you know, friends slash foes slash love interest uh, slash everything. Assassin, everything, you know, uh, dead, alive, you know, it's been a kind of, he's had a rocky road on that series. Uh, but this series apparently will, will, will center around uh, that character. Uh, it's, that's, of course, played by uh, Jordan Calloway. Um, this was first reported by Deadline. They said Calloway plays Khalil Payne, a young man ridden with the guilt of his troubled past from his former life in Freeland City, where he had a super enhanced killing machine known as Painkiller. He was both a member of Tobias Wales gang and a weapon of Agent Odell and the Shady uh, Shadowy rather a ASA. After attempting to bury the darker, devastatingly uh, lethal painkiller part of his persona, Khalil has distanced himself away from everyone he knows and loves in a new city, uh, Akash Valley, in order to find peace. But peace never comes easy for men with pasts like Khalil, Pain, and Painkiller. As his violent, destructive history uh, crashes. His idyllic uh, new beginning, Khalil is trusted uh, is thrust back into action with a new mission, bring justice where he once gave out punishment. But to do that, he will first have to deal with and harness his darker side, painkiller. Kendall, I know you were very very hot about this series being pushed forward. By the way, it will also be um, written, directed, and executive produced by Salim Akil, who also is the Black Lightning showrunner. Uh, what do you what do you make of this uh, series starring Painkiller in development? So, Painkiller. <laughs> I mean, you want to talk about headlines? I didn't expect to read this week. Uh, this is probably number one. Um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's ahead of some crazy stuff in in, in the NBA, some crazy stuff in politics. <laughs> this is this is number one on the list. But um, it, I'll preface it by saying that. It's not my money. Uh, it's not my time slot. I'm not bothered by CW wanting to show anything. You know, like, if, if they if they feel like they have the money in the room to make these kind of shows, they can make whatever they want. Um, they can't afford me to watch any of these shows. Um, oh, yes, yes, it is. Spoiler We're not going to be getting no reviews. <laughs> no, we they can't afford me to watch any of these. Look, I mean, Jordan Calloway, I knew, stuff, I knew something with a foot. When, you know, me and our brother Henry, we were scrolling through Netflix, and you you see Black Lightning, and on the cover of the Black Lightning thing yeah, on it's Netflix been like this for several for, weeks. for weeks several weeks it's been a picture of Jordan Calloway, it's been a picture of Painkiller. Yeah, yeah, I saw it too. Yeah, we all saw it and we're like, what is this? As to explain to Henry, what well, like that's not Black Lightning. This is this is a lie. <laughs> And it was so bizarre at the time, but then you hear this headline, and then it, it all makes sense. I think they, they there must be some analytics at CW that suggests that Jordan Calloway drives viewership. <laughs> there has to be, because it's the only way that this makes any sense. His character was not good. His character, not to say that he played a bad character. Right? You know, he did the best he could. <laughs> He's not a bad actor. We saw him in Riverdale. He goes all the way back to Unfabulous. 
You know, we've seen Jordan Cowley for a long time. He's not a bad actor. He's a very good actor. But the story they gave him fell apart. I didn't even think he, his story was actually pretty good initially when he was first introduced. But it's, it's falling apart, man. Throw it away. I'm not saying he can't show up as a recurring character. Are you going to give him a spinoff? That's the solution to this messy character that you already have? Yeah, just, just explore more of it. Oh, my gosh. Again, it's not my money. They're not making this. They're not making this show with taxpayer money, so they can do whatever they want. Um, there's just so many more options. Why they could? The only reason, like, why couldn't they just do Static Shock? I mean, maybe there was some. Maybe, maybe there was some. Well, uh, we know a, we know a movie. Stuff. We know a movie is happening, so that that well, yeah, should now be why. Can't do Static Shock. But like when you're when the when the show was being birthed, why didn't they make the Khalil character on some level Static Shock? And then made a Static Shock spinoff. Like, that is interesting. That is fun. I, you know, I, I I personally doubt, could be wrong, but I doubt that they like, had all these plans to do Static Shock three years ago. I, I could be wrong about that. Maybe they maybe they did want him in the in, in Painkiller show. Yeah. But, and, and I know that's not the case, because I know they weren't planning on doing this joint. Until they realized, oh, this guy makes money. This guy, this guy drives viewership, because he's popular on Riverdale. He's popular on... Unfabulous. It, it this is this again. This is reeks of studio, just just studio and, and agents and, and and casting companies and <laughs> back. It's nothing that screams like DC and for the fans. I, I I don't know. Maybe Black Lightning. Maybe really hardcore Black Lightning fans really love the Painkiller character. I'm not. I wouldn't consider myself necessarily a hardcore Black Lightning fan, but. Maybe fan, maybe fans of the show like that really do care about the characters. So I'll give them their their fl- I'll, I'll cut them some slack, but um, this doesn't feel like a show that is really for your hardcore DC fan. But that's just me. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I don't really know what the uh, the painkiller character um, is now. You know, because it, so. And so, I, in general, I agree. At first, the Khalil character was fascinating. You didn't really know where he was, where yeah. they were going. Yeah, I like the, the stuff he was an athlete, and that got taken away. Yeah, and it's like that. Man, wow, you know, sad. Yeah, sad. What happened to him? And then when he came back, and I was kind of like, oh, I don't know what's going on here. What is this? Yeah, I don't know how I felt about that. When he came back, and he was all like killing people in the school. Yeah. I'm like, what is this? What is this called? You know, and then he died again. Yeah, and he came back again. And he was, he's just this mindless assassin. Fake Killmonger. <laughs> and yeah, so I don't know. I don't know. But he, uh, he kind of went from he kind of went from Killmonger to like Winter Soldier. Yeah, now he's a Winter yeah. Soldier. Yeah, exactly. Where he just gets activated, <laughs> and he's and he's just he's not even really he's like a more. He's just he's just an assassin. He just knows how to use all all these all weapons all yeah it went from zero to yeah so it was very uh, very dramatic transformation um, so I don't know I I don't know what their what their plans are for his story you know uh, I like Callaway I think he's a good actor I think he does a good job um, I don't I I it does I mean it makes me wonder you know what they saw in story makes make them decide to. Uh, um, you know, decide to give him an entire show. I'm not trying to hate on him. I think he did a fantastic job in the show. But, you know, that story, it was very all over the place. 
you know, if I'm being honest, it, it was a very scattered. You know, he was here and then he was gone and then he's here again and then he's gone again. He's working for this guy. He's working for this guy. He's working for that guy. It's like, he, you know, he's a very tortured character. It was probably going to be a very dark show, I would imagine. I mean, he killed his mother. I mean, he's going to be a dark show. Yeah. If he regains his memory. So, uh, so yeah. I don't well, know yeah, what to yeah. well, yeah, yeah. I mean, there you go. Um, so, yeah, I don't know what to expect. It's going to be, um, you know, it, it, I don't know. It, it should be uh, very interesting to see. I'll be watching. Whew. Um, yeah, this this ain't it, guys. This this this, this ain't it. Um, look again. This is no this is no at all disrespect to uh, Mr. Callaway, who I think is a talented actor. Um, I think he's really good in his stunts. Um, I think in terms of the you know all the the, the fighting they have him do, I think he's excellent in that role, and I, and I see why you know you would look at someone like him and, and see that this is someone that. You know, maybe in line to have that kind of uh, role as someone, you know, leading a TV series. I think that there is certainly the appeal that he had on the show for some Black Lightning fans, particularly female fans. You know, girls love the bad boys and he kind of fits right into that mold, I think, for some of their fan base. And I think perhaps, as Kendall suggested, there's data that shows that, you know, he brings eyeballs to that show. Clearly, that's how they felt because he went from a recurring character in season one to a main main character in season two. So, you know, I see I see why, in some instances, why you want to lead with him. I just think that that painkiller character is just not it. It's just not there. Really, isn't a lot there to me. I think that the well, here's what I will say. I think there is something there in regards to. You know, one of the things we really haven't, we don't see much on television um, is, look, you know, being young and black and either being in poverty or in a tough neighborhood or whatever the situation may be, it comes with a set of life challenges and a set of life decisions that sometimes aren't squeaky clean. And uh, there is something about the story of redemption, of being caught up and finding a way back to you know being a respectable person in society and that's is a story that is very black that is very much part of the black experience for some people again not most or all you know we're not painting broad brushes here but like from that aspect i think i do see where you know wanting to tell that story of how even someone like this could be a hero is valuable i think the problem lies with Again, what they established with this particular character. I mean, in a vacuum, could that be a good story? Yes. But I think with this particular character, we haven't seen enough redemption. The, the character in it as a whole, I just don't feel like really have a good feeling for who Khalil even is as a person. Because so much of him has just been, you know, he was a sweet boy in the first couple episodes of the show. Then he gets shot. And then he, 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 he grows this increased crazy anger that you know develops you know and is you know is 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 propped up by tobias whale which okay he's manipulated and that happens and whatever but he then becomes this new guy this guy who's cutthroat and willing to kill people and do whatever it takes you know to 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 work with tobias until you know those feelings for jennifer you know overcome him and then he decides to will not want to go through it anymore and that eventually cost him his life but then he comes back and he's a mindless you know 
No, he's like, again, he's kind of like, you know, the Winter Soldier to me. He's like a mindless, just like assassin killer guy with no emotion, no feeling. Like, there's nothing about his character that has ever been more interesting than him as like, just like a physical threat. So when you're telling me you're, you're creating your whole show around him, I just haven't seen enough that's going to make me want to tune in. Because all you've shown me is just he can kill a lot of people. And that, and honestly, I feel like in some ways they kind of nuked him because we've seen him get killed. We've seen him lose. Like, I, like to me, I don't know. I like that. I don't know if I need to see a superhero who I saw get violently wrecked by Tobias Whale. And I'm excited to see that superhero go on his own journey. Like, you know, like, it's kind of like, you know, in wrestling, again, when you see a guy get buried, that kind of hurts their standing. I know they did kind of, you know, retcon his character a little bit. Now he has all these crazy, you know, fighting assassin abilities. But, um, yeah, I I don't get this. I mean, there's so many more avenues, so many more interesting uh, stories I'd prefer to see them pursue. This just, and, and so many other interesting, like, you know, side characters or supporting characters in the Arrowverse that I think I would be more interested in pursuing. I'd be interested oh, yeah. in them doing something with uh with Alex Danvers more than uh something with uh with with Painkiller. Um you know, I see them be I like to see them do something more with Luke Fox. Obviously, you know, that's a, a newer show and maybe they have plenty more stuff to do with him in Batwoman, but I would love to see a Batwing show and, and, and something centered around him. If they said they were doing a cartoon show with Jimmy Olsen, I'd be like, yo, this is kind of bizarre, but all right. At least, I mean, I don't hate the character. Yeah, because but Jimmy Olsen's character we saw had a lot of levels to him, a lot of depth to him. They really developed and grew right. that that character by that played by Mikhail Brooks. They just haven't done that work with the Khalil character. And it's because they've used him as an avenue Mostly for violence and for some, you know, love interest tension with Jennifer. CW stuff. But that aspect of it still is even kind of like to the side of they didn't do a lot of growth with that. I mean, that relationship didn't really grow very much in the two seasons. I think that was this one of the criticisms of the show. This is all about target demos, who we, who we, who we targeting our audience to. And, and that's but that's the thing though, Kendall, and and that's why when I mentioned the idea of that, but that's like Kendall when I mentioned that idea of the story of again young black man caught up, wrong crowd, wrong situation, wrong things he's doing, he's done some bad things, but he has some redemption. I just don't think that's the CW viewer. Like, could you tell? Could you convince me that 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 cat like that viewer exists? Well, no, I'd you, say yes, but I don't think that that person exists on CW. I think what we're missing is that the CW's most popular show outside of outside of Riverdale is All American, which does kind of fit that vibe. That's true. So they may feel like this could be like the superhero version of that, which mm, okay. I mean, just, I mean, I haven't seen All American, but what I can say yeah, is I haven't that, watched it. Uh, that <laughs> this character's not going to be as good. So uh, it's just it's just not you know. And again, maybe again from a demographic standpoint, they may feel like we can try and replicate that. You know, hit lightning in a bottle, but it's just like, come on, man. I mean, this is just you couldn't you couldn't just make a new character, make a new character, introduce him in one episode of Black Lightning, backdoor pilot him, and give him a show. But the the, the Khalil character is washed. You get you tried. You I don't, there's nothing you can do. I don't know. 
Yeah. This can still be good. Like you say, it's kind of a blank slate at this point. What I will say is the one way they can make the show great, give me more Tobias Whale. If I get Tobias, if you told me he was a series regular main villain, all right, I'm locked in. Because Tobias Whale is a great character. I I mean, that, I would say that that would make me more interested. But then the problem becomes, you know, you lose Tobias Whale on Black Lightning. Now, what I will say is, you know, Tobias has been on two seasons. He's sure to be, you know, deeply in the fold for season three. And, you know, how many more seasons can you continue on with him being so uh, important and involved in the story? You know, it's to me, he kind of, to me, they've kind of gone the kingpin route, like just like what Daredevil did, where, you know, season one, he's a main. Season two, he's a character involved in things that happen. He has some major episodes and stuff, but he's not necessarily the main villain. And then season three, we're back at it, him being in the full part of the main villain. And then, you know, we didn't get a season four of Daredevil, but I don't think that season four of Daredevil would have had, you know, you know Fisk as the villain. You know, maybe after a season three of Black Lightning, you move him to another city, or maybe he goes underground and he ends up popping up where Khalil is. You know, we, we, we all love how Crondon, you know, plays that character. I, 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 you know, you know, if I had a Mount Rushmore right now, my favorite, you know, Arrowverse characters you know he's right in there <laughs> you know, him alex danvers and you know it's, it's 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 a small list but i mean he's just outstanding so that could help but i i'm not trying to watch a show imagine for the villain you know what i'm saying imagine if they would have made a vibe show i'm watching that in a second yeah for sure you know it's just but cisco earned it yeah come on I mean, look, I, I I felt similarly about Green Arrow and the Canaries. I know Shamari was more all in on that. Yeah, man, I was all in. You know, I felt they that one was sold. also rushed and unearned. But I don't know. I mean, it's bizarre, but the CW, I I don't think this is going to happen. That's my bold prediction. I don't think this is going to happen. I think this, this might be a pilot situation. Wow. I don't think it's getting... Uh, well, apparently, um, apparently there is a backdoor pilot that we will watch. Yeah, exactly. In, yeah, in, in this next season, I don't think that's gonna come in, come into anything. I mean, the only to be honest, I watched this sham, and the only the, the the best news I saw from this was, oh great, he's away from Freeland. That means <laughs> no more painkiller stuff in Freeland with it's with serious. Jennifer like that. Like I'm serious, like that that aspect of the show they gotta just move on from. Like it's just there's no more interest they've 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 that's why this is so bizarre to me because to me they've they squeezed all the juice out of the the you know painkiller storyline and i didn't think we could just make a show around him is kind of bizarre to me but i I was happy because i feel like jennifer's character hasn't developed the way it should because i think they've been stuck in this khalil thing um so i think him kind of being this guy that they don't want to hurt but he's really evil and dangerous that they got to like that even has got that act is worn old at this point like I, I am more than happy to see them move him somewhere else I'm just I don't know if this is where we're looking to see him in his own series yeah I don't know I mean I I'm, I'm, I'm willing to give it a shot it's not, I'm not as closed off as uh as uh, Kendall, Kendall, I know Kendall's very uh, clearly, uh, you know, done with the show. You're giving anybody but, uh, shows nowadays, man. <laughs> Angular? 
Next thing you know, next thing you know, we have our red uh, red tornado show. Yeah, oh, yeah, man, that that was just <laughs> what <a> brainy show. <laughs> you learn just as much. Well, is it brainy or is it brainiac from uh, Krypton? Yeah, well, I don't know. Right? <laughs> yeah, that's a whole other conversation. It's a whole other conversation. Look, but, shout out to shout out, look, shout out to the accused. Uh, what's our winning But no, I, yeah, I was just gonna say. I mean, I'm I'm ready. I'm ready to watch the show and watch this backdoor pilot. See what the show's gonna be like. Yeah, shout out to the accused. You know, we're we're huge fans of them. You know, dating back to the game. So, uh, and we watched Black Lightning, and then dating back to Moesha, actually. Uh, if you really think about it. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it's been a long journey. So, you know, we're, we're fans of them and everything they've created over the course of these decades. So uh, I, I hope that they have a vision that makes sense and works. Um, but, man, I am a huge skeptic of uh, of this series. But we'll see what happens. Uh, what do you guys think about it? all the stuff we've talked about? Uh, make sure you guys follow us on social media. That's going to wrap this podcast up. So, Make sure you uh, uh, you follow us on social media. You can find us on Twitter, New Generation Pod, on Instagram, New Generation Podcast. Uh, you can find this show on various streaming services. We're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Citra, and TuneIn. You can find each of us on social media. You can find me on Twitter, EJ underscore Stewart, on, on Instagram, Action EJ. You can find Shamari on Snapchat and Instagram, MC Shan22. You can find Kendall on uh, on uh, Twitter uh, at NewGenKen. Uh, what else we got? Uh, oh, and make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel, New Generation Media, as well. But that's going to do it for this podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening in. For Kendall, I'm EJ. Take it easy, guys. Peace.